Welcome to Parenting Today's Teens, a daily podcast that provides stories, insights, and wisdom to help you gain a deeper relationship with your teen. On today's episode, Mark Gregston and Wayne Shepard talk about the things you should stop doing as a parent, but also the things you should begin doing. Let's listen in. You don't have to be an author of a book. You don't have to be on the radio uh, to have some simple East Texas logic. And I always ask this question to people. Is it working for you? I mean, is it is what you're doing working or is it not? That's and if the bottom line question, and if, isn't it? And if it's not and I can't change my child, then perhaps I need to change some of what I do. I need to stop doing some of those things, start doing something different so that the response and the reaction of my child goes in a different direction than it is currently headed. All right. I know we're going to go deep on this issue today. You have a long list of stops and starts, <laughs> but just give us a little teaser. What's a, what's a stop and a start? You know what? I, I, and I don't pick on moms, but you know, moms always want to engage with their kids in ways that and they have that deep emotional tie to them. I, but That's somewhere, a good thing. It's a great thing. It's a great thing. And moms even have a special relationship with their son. That's why Scripture says that a man shall leave his mother mm-hmm. when he goes off and gets married. There's a special relationship. But moms, you've got to stop talking and sharing your opinion all the time <laughs> and allow your child to start responding to you in such a way that they can talk back to you what you've taught them. Moms have done a great job of instructing their kids, no doubt. Now's the time to start hearing it back from their kids so you can reflect with them. But there's never any time because moms hold to this old habit of always being the one sharing great things with them. There's a time where you go, okay, it is, it is time for the student to leave the teacher and start applying some things. All right. That's a, an example for uh, a mom, and we're equal opportunity offenders. So, dads, uh, you're in line here today, too. That's right. Too. Dads, step up to the plate. All right. Stop being so distant and start being more engaged in the life of your child. All right. Stops and starts on Parenting Today's Teens. We've already uh, given one for moms. What was that one for dads again? You know, dads, you've got to engage. I mean, kids want you to engage more. They may be pushing you away by their words and their comments and their, you know, their body communication where they go, I want to be independent. But you know what? Dads have got to engage. So stop being distant. That's right. And, and start embracing your child in different ways. I mean, when your daughter becomes a young lady and, and wants to act on her own and do all those things, that's the time that dads go, you know what? I need to be more involved. I need to help guide and direct. I need to have discussions. I need to move in a different direction. Your child thinks you're perfect. They think that you are, uh, that you have everything together. They think you're Superman. They think you're Superwoman, and they move into adolescence. and And those old styles of parenting don't work anymore. You've got to shift that style. And if you don't accommodate their new needs, and you try to parent them as you did when they were in their elementary school years you're going to have some reactions and some responses. And somebody goes, no, no, I've got it down. I go, you know what? Scripture would tell you, don't lean on your own understanding. That's right. You know, you, you, somewhere along the line, that you've got to move out of that realm that you think that you have it together. On my desk, I have written a proverb that says, the way of the fool seems right to him. <laughs> and so I know that every decision I make, when I say, I think it's right, I think this is a good way, 
I know that even a fool does that. And so somewhere along the line, I've got to go, I've just got to check myself and say, okay, is this really the good thing? Is this the right thing? I seek counsel. Scripture also says that a fool is wiser in his own eyes than the discreet answer of seven wise men. (laughs) And so what it means is, is that I need to get some counsel and some direction from some other people. And so we're going to give you 10 things that I think that would be great for you to stop doing and to start doing some other things so that when you move into adolescence, you're providing an easy transition to give your child what they need so they don't have to fight for it, so they don't have to rebel, so they don't have to act in a way that says what you're doing is wrong, so they can move toward you, so you can embrace your child during difficulty, so that you'll be there with them while you uh, walk with them through any path that they take, whether they're out of control, whether they're in control, you want to build these things up with them. I'm still stuck on that driving motif. It's not just a stop and a start. It's a stop, a U-turn, and That's a right. start, isn't That's it? That's right. It's, just, it's quit doing it. Yeah. You know, I mean— Do the opposite. Yeah. I mean, when you were a child, you acted as a child. You know what? Don't act as a child anymore. <laughs> you know, I mean, you've got to spend some time going, I need to move to the next step. All right. Well, let's work through some more of these stops and starts. You bet. Stop lecturing and start listening. You have lectured most of your life, moms and dads, to your kids. It doesn't work anymore. They turn 13, 14 years old, and it doesn't work. What they need now is for you to listen. They need you to sit down and listen to perhaps what they have learned from you as they start to apply it towards their world that they're trying to learn how to engage in. They're coming home with with a lot of difficulty and stress and anxiety. They need rest. They don't need another lecture. I mean, they come from that world that you and I don't want to be raised in. They're worn out. And so the minute they walk in the door, why didn't you do this? You should have done this. Why did you? Why? And we start hammering them. Are you going to get off the phone? Get off this. Get off this. Don't do this. Don't relax. You can't watch a movie. You can't listen to music. And we shut down their world where home does not become that place of rest. And, and because it doesn't become a place of rest, they go find another place yes. where they can find rest in relationships either by, you know, I mean, from drugs to alcohol to those bad kids, you don't want them. There's a, there's a reason why they're motivated that way. And I would add to that that you need to start listening when they're ready to talk. That's right. Not when you're ready. That's right. But when they're ready. That's right. I mean, usually dinner time is a time where somebody sits down and starts sharing all their ideas. I, well, then let your kids share their ideas. Sit down. Don't share your opinion unless, uh, unless you're asked. I mean, Scripture says that a fool delights in sharing his own opinion. Quit! (laughs) You've done a study on those fools, haven't you? (laughs) Because I am one. I am one. I mean, I have learned this from my own because I love to talk. I love to joke around. I love to do all those things. And what I found was I was shutting down my kids, and I was doing it with humor, thinking that, oh, well, everything's fine because I'm good. I, I was a fool. All right. We need, as parents, to stop worrying and start praying. That's right. You know, we worry that what we've taught isn't going to work. Well, it is. God has promised you that, that what you have started, what he has started in the life of your child, he will bring to completion. Yeah, all the seed that you've sown, even if it's, if it's landed on rocky ground, you know what? The winds come by and can blow it into fertile ground. You know, or, or maybe an animal will walk by and fertilize that place so that, so that it will grow. God's seed that is planted in the life of a child will come to fruition. And, and quit worrying about that. It's going to come along, but it's going to come along in his timing and, and at, a, at the right time that your child will embrace it to be life-changing, not to just mimic what you want them to do. Do you find that parents are often too serious most of the time? Oh, way too much. 
way too much. I, I, I think that, that there's got to be some movement toward we've got to quit frowning all the time and start laughing a little bit, which would be number three here. You know, that, that, that tell some jokes at the dinner table. You know, sometimes I think laughter is the best worship that there can be, hmm. that the mood around a dinner table at night, even if it's just one time a week, can be the grandest time of enjoying the relationship that God has given you with your kids and having fun with it, telling jokes, telling stories, sharing things without always having to preach or feeling guilty that you're not giving another family devotion or not praying the right way or they're, you know, it's allowing the opportunity for relationship to happen because that's what they're longing for right now. Well, we know it's a good medicine, right? Scripture well, tells it, us that. Sure it is. Sure it is. It's, it's probably one of the best medicines. And even in the midst of things, it's interesting, in the in the midst of the difficult times, God promises to turn our mourning into dancing, mm-hmm. and our sorrow into laughing, as one uh, translation would say. I go, at some point you'll laugh because you see the goodness of God and what he's done in the situation with your family. We have some more stops and starts to share with you on the program here today, but I want to take a moment and read an email that came in from one of our uh, listeners and you bet. Uh, a mom or dad, I'm not sure which, but uh, this person writes, my 13-year-old daughter, I cannot control her. She deliberately disobeys, lies, and disrespects me. I try to disciple her, but she only gets worse. She's not doing well in school. She follows her friends and gets into trouble, and she loves boys. She has a MySpace page, and boys 16 and up are contacting her. She also has a habit of leaving the house and coming home hours later, and she doesn't come straight home from school. I feel if she continues on this path, her life will be destroyed. Yeah, you know, and I, I hear me when I say this. Sometimes our attempts to disciple a child, I think we're always discipling a child. I think we're always teaching them. But sometimes our attempt on, on one program uh, that we're trying to get them involved in, maybe pushing them away to other programs. Mm, so you've got to stop and think about what That's you're doing. That's right. You know what? If you say, you know, I need to quit having the, this Bible lesson with them right now. Uh, because for, for there's, a season. For a season, because there's other things that I need to attend to in their life. There's some reason why she's moving away from you. There's some reason why she's being disobedient and lying. There's some reason why she doesn't want to be around you. There's some reason why she is leaving. Instead of looking at the behavior and saying, how do we correct the behavior? I think God would call us all. How do we change the heart of a child? We move toward them. And so you can't look at, at what you see. For that scripture that says, for now we see in a mirror dimly. I think we don't see everything going on in the life of our child. Perhaps there are things happening in the life of your child that you don't know about. And I would ask people, do your parents know everything that happened in your life? What makes you think you know everything that's happened in your child's life? And maybe there's something there that needs to be addressed that's a lot bigger than that Bible study that you need to do right now. Over the years, Mark Gregston's one-liners and devotional insights have been a source of encouragement, amusement, and inspiration for people all over the world. Now, the very best of these quotations have been collected into not one, not two, but three beautifully designed coffee table books that can be given as gifts, placed in a doctor's office, or placed in your own living room. Whether you're looking for wit, wisdom, encouragement, or even a challenge to dig deeper into the vital role of parents, all three volumes of Stepping Stones will deliver. Each beautifully bound hardback of Stepping Stones is $7.99, or you can get all three for $19.99. Visit ParentingTeenResources.org to get all three volumes of Stepping Stones today.
Mark, let's continue this list of stops and starts, things that we need to stop doing and things we need to start doing as parents. You bet. You know, stop reacting and start responding. A reaction is initial response. You know, somebody always told me that your first golf swing is the best. <laughs> Not for me. You know, I mean, I'm out there. It's probably the fifth or sixth. Hacking away. Bit of practice, yeah. yeah. And, you know, when, when I see things with kids, I just, and they say things or they uh, say things they shouldn't say or say things that would have, to me, that would have gotten me knocked halfway in the next week. I've just learned let it go. I, you know, it's not going to change me and it's not going to change the nature of God. I, this child is angry. I don't want to react because I'm just going to add fuel to the fire. I want to respond. And so I always say, you know what, let me think about that for a minute. Yeah. I understand the not reacting, but what does it mean to respond? Well, respond would be, I just think it through so I can get to the heart of the matter. The reaction is to what the initial feelings are and the initial emotion. Responding is to the true heart of the issue, saying, sweetheart, I understand what you're saying, but you know, I feel like there's something behind this. I want to address that. Saying to your son, son, I, boy, I get you. I can see why. And I'm okay with that, but here's some conditions I'm going to put on it. And the reason is because I think there's a bigger issue here. Responding is always to the bigger issue. Reacting is to what you see. And the reaction usually puts you on the same level with your child. Your response brings your child up to your level. All right. How about those situations that call for discipline? What do we need to stop and start? Yeah, we've spent a lot of time punishing our kids in the earlier years. You know what? We've got to take a different approach to it and say we're just disciplining them. Discipline is helping them get to a place where they want to end up and keeping them from a place where they don't want to go. Now, that's the reason. They've oh, already, say that again. Yeah. Discipline is helping them get to a place where they want to go and keeping them from a place where they don't want to end up. Mm. See, the nature is a little bit different. They understand that there's pain with inappropriate behavior. They get that. And as long as I'm enforcing consequences at home, then, then what will happen is they'll continue to learn that. Their consequences are not about me. It's because of their choices. But now what I'm doing is just saying, I'm disciplining them. I'm moving them to a different direction. Uh, You know, this day and time is not the time at 14 years old to be saying, do I need to be spanking my child? Let me tell you something. It doesn't work. (laughs) It doesn't work anymore. Even the state of Texas and most states know that. They don't allow you to do that anymore with kids in your care because they go, it doesn't work. It's the nature of kids. You know, the, the, the drill sergeant in the Marines is a little bit different than the drill sergeant of 30 years ago because they're dealing with a different type of child that walks into those barracks. So they have to handle things differently. And you handle them differently so you get to a good place and don't take them to a place where nobody wants to end up. I see the next one is stop ruling and start enforcing. They sound like the same thing to me. Yeah. You know, I I would say that ruling, like you're the king and it's going to be this way and nobody's going to do this. The undisputed champion. That's right. uh, Yeah. (laughs) The king of the universe. And this is my home and you're going to do it my way. (laughs) You know, have the, I mean, that attitude comes across as authority issue. and, And I believe in the authority of parents within the home. There's no question. And it is your home. But the way that you project that onto people, you may be trying to squelch perhaps a child when you can get the same things across in a gentle way. You know, it's a gentle answer turns away wrath. And so pursue it a little bit differently. Don't feel like you have to show the authority all the time. You know, you are in authority. You don't have to show that. You are the authority. Now engage with them in a way that it's effective, not ineffective. So be firm, but not 
That's right. Overly autocratic, ag- aggressive. That's, yeah, that's right. going to push them away. Okay. Stop teaching. Start trusting. Start trusting. That's right. At some point, you've got to say, you know what? I, I've I've done this, and I was Oklahoma Bible Quiz Champ of 1969. Oh boy. I, I believe in hiding the Word of God in your heart. I do. But at some point, you've got to allow that to start coming out and trust that what you have built into the life of your child will continue to come out in the days ahead, even if you don't see it. Because we get fooled into thinking it's what I see that makes a difference with my child. It's not what you see. It's what's going on behind the scenes. I've still got to deal with that inappropriate behavior and that wrong behavior through consequences. But But I've got to look beyond that and say, I need them to flesh these things out and to learn perhaps how to apply that. It's kind of like watching a child that you brought up in driver's ed. They're taking what they've learned in the classroom, and they're now taking it out to the streets, and that car is jerking back and forth, and they're running into <laughs> curbs, and they're backing into things, and they're pulling out. They're trying to take what they've learned and take it out on the highway of their life and applying it. And 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 you at some point, you've got to let them learn those things instead of going, okay, I need to teach you more, teach you. You don't need to teach them anymore. You've taught them enough. Now now they just need to learn how to apply it. Even if they've done some things wrong, find something to trust them with. Huh? Absolutely. Absolutely. And people always ask me, do you trust kids? I'm going, are you crazy? <laughs> I mean, <laughs> cursed is the man who puts his trust in man, for he will be like a bush in the desert and dwell in the salt places. I go, I don't want to go there. But I go, but it doesn't mean that I keep kids from the opportunities of doing things. I trust that they will be adolescents. I trust that they will break things. I really believe that they'll have accidents with you. That's why we all carry insurance. I know that my wife's going to burn my house down. That's why I, that's why I carry fire insurance. I really believe that somebody's going to steal stuff from Just me. Just kidding. That's right. Yeah. But I go, I know that's going to happen, and so I shouldn't be surprised when it does. But I trust, I trust them to, to do those things, and I trust that we're going to get through it. We need to stop talking and... And start hearing. You know, God has given you two ears and one mouth. Um, (laughs) So you need to listen twice as much as you're talking. That's why. That's right. It's time to sit back and say, what do you think? What do you think in this situation? What do you think we ought to do? And let them start processing what you've taught them. Sometimes I think our constant chattering, our constant lecturing, and our constant pursuit of getting one more thing built into their life is keeping them from processing all the truth that we have built into them so that they can engage in this world. We just have a minute left, but you have a couple others you want to add? That's right. Stop sharing your opinion and let them ask questions. I mean, that is so important. I want a child to start asking questions. And so how I do that is I'm always asking them questions. I annoy people by asking them <laughs> questions. And, and I really don't share my opinion until they ask me, well, Mark, what do you think about this? And I go, okay. And the last one is this, stop controlling the conversation, you know, and let them take control of the conversation. They will lean on you because you're the authority, you're the teacher of wisdom, you've been the one that loves them like nobody else has. Thanks for listening to Parenting Today's Teens. For more information, visit parentingtodaysteens.org. And to learn more about Heartlight, visit heartlightministries.org. If this podcast has been helpful to your family, please share it or give us a quick rating and review on Apple Podcasts. Of course, you can listen to Parenting Today's Teens wherever you listen to podcasts. Join us tomorrow for another great episode. We'll talk to you then.